you take your Bibles and jump with me to Ephesians chapter 3 for a few minutes. We're going to have a time of fellowship and honoring our graduates after our service, but I just want a few minutes with you. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning just for a few minutes about the wow factor. Amen. How many of you know that you bring the wow factor? Do you know that you're amazing? Good preaching, Pastor Ray. Amen. You are amazing. In fact, you need to realize that the wow factor has been kind of imparted and has been embedded in you if you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that? You are to bring the wow factor to the world. How many of you know that as He is, so are we in the world? Uh, 1 John 4.19 says, as He is, so are we. Now, one of the things that we may not necessarily see a lot of the wow in us and we're, we're not experiencing that is because our minds haven't been renewed, amen, to really embrace that. And secondly, the tendency is, is for us to look at the problems. When we look at the problems and we look at the issues, and one of the things I've come to find out is a lot of believers do not realize that when you became a Christian, there was a big, huge uh, target put on your back. The devil has sought to steal, kill, and destroy. He's sought to basically knock the wind out of your sail. If he can somehow get believers, get their eyes off of Jesus and on their problem and on the issues at hand, what he, know, he knows he has paralyzed them. He knows that he cripples them. But I'm here to let you know this morning that all power has been restored to the church. And the reason why we preach the message of grace this morning is because we need to come to understand, be renewed in our mind, renewed, as Randy said, in the area of our gifts, because God wants to make your life, your family, your marriage, He wants to make your part where you play, where you work, where you live, He wants your life to be a shining light. Amen? And so one of the things God is doing is He's renewing our spirit. He's renewing our heart. He's binding up the broken heart. And He's opening the prison doors of those who have been in prison a long time. He's, he's wanting to bring a spirit of liberty upon the house. Can you say amen? I believe believers need to be happy. I believe they need to be filled with joy. Now, that doesn't mean that they're always happy. I want to tell you something. I've had a lot in my life, even this week, that have tried to knock my lights out. I've gone through some things this week that were completely demonic, the, uh, the devil. In fact, you know that when you do the right thing, the, the devil will come out and accuse you of the wrong thing? That, that's what the devil does. That, that's, that's his job. And here's, the, here's another kind of a, an announcement. God will let it happen. Now, it's not intended to suck the air out of your system, but it actually is intended to be an opportunity for God's glory to be revealed. God, God doesn't allow anything to happen in your life that He doesn't intend for you to begin to step up, begin to rise up, and come into a new place and a new platform of revelation and understanding and actually begin to walk in a new power and anointing that He wants to give you. Every problem is for the purpose of bringing an anointing in your life. I've, I've come to find out that problems will make you better or make you bitter. Better or bitter. You'll, you'll get bitter at it, or you may, it'll make you stronger, make you better. And so everyone needs to realize that you have, right now, you have the power to choose. Everyone say choice. God says in His Word, I give you blessing 
cursing, life and death. Choose this day who you will serve. Amen? Now, even though you serve the Lord at times, there's gonna, you're still going to come under attack. But that's why we put on the whole armor of God. And I know I've had to do that. I know all of you have had to do that. But we have this wow factor. And God wants us to realize that, uh, and I'm not trying to suggest, I don't want to convey to you this morning that the Christian life is always a mountaintop experience. Because I know there are times that we walk through valleys. There are times where we walk through seasons in our life that we don't even see a lot of activity. And, and you actually wonder where God is. I want you to notice that even in those seasons, God intends for your roots to go deeper. That's where prayer really comes to life. Your prayer language. Your, your, when, when you are at your weakest and at your lowest moment, that's where God loves to come through for you. Amen? Now, my Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, notice what the Scripture says. It says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. It's a working power, and it's the Holy Spirit. He's always at work, and Jesus said that greater works shall you do. Now, I've been on a series in the past couple months on a series entitled Family Power. And one of the things that God wants to do in this nation and in our churches is that He wants to strengthen marriages and strengthen families. Do you believe that? You know what? Because when you have strong families, you have strong churches. And when you have strong churches, you have strong communities. And when you have strong communities, you'll have strong school systems because how many of you know that a lot of our school boards are made up of parents that come out of families but if the families are broken, if our marriages are broken, that produces weak schools, weak communities, weak politicians, and then the nation collapses. That's why it all comes back to the family. It comes back to marriage. And so one of the things God is doing is He's pouring out His Spirit so that we will begin to walk in a revelation of grace because it's by His divine ability and by His anointing, by His power, and by the quickening of His Spirit that our minds are made new. God begins to put a fresh new understanding, number one, your identity. Number two, your vision. And begins to quicken you as a parent, begins to quicken you as a father. Every father here this morning, God sees you fathers as mighty Men of God. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter the problems you have. It doesn't matter the issues in your personality or what family background you've come out of. God says, because Jesus was raised from the dead, He sees you blessed, chosen, favored, highly graced with His love and mercy this morning. And He's given you wisdom and He's anointed you with the spirit of leadership. You are called to lead your family. You are called to be an example and a positive influence in your family. And you can, you can make a mighty difference. I meet so many parents, many fathers especially, so many fathers, so many parents feel beaten down, they feel weak, they feel dejected, they go through a lot of seasons where they begin to question, second guess their salvation and where they're at and wondering if the Lord is even with them or not. I'm here to tell you this morning, by the Spirit of God, it's not Ray Galligan. I'm here to tell you by the Spirit of God that the Lord is with you. God is with you. Number two, He's for you. 
I want you to write six things down that every family needs to have in it. When it comes to family power, this is understanding the wow factor. Every marriage, every home needs to have these six things, and you'll th- see it throughout Scripture, and I'm going to jet through this, so I pray you write it down. Number one, every family, every marriage must have an understanding of God's glory and favor resting on that home. How many of you believe our children need to see the glory of God and God's favor on our home? But what does that mean? That means that I need to be communicating and conveying to my kids and to my wife that God is really good. Everyone say, God is good. God is great. He's good. The wow factor. How many of you know that you're never going to excel or exceed farther than the vision you have in your life? If you have a weak, morbid, kind of a desolate vision that that's going to be the level you're going to communicate. If you're weak and you begin to convey a lack of confidence and you begin to feel sorry for yourself and you begin to say, well, we don't know if God's going to come through or not, you begin to have that kind of an understanding. Guess what? That's what you're going to communicate to your kids. I remember years ago, the Lord asked me, and I was in a kind of a pickle in a situation where the Lord had me in a place, and the Lord asked me this one question. He said, Ray, I know you're praying for a specific breakthrough in your life, but what if it doesn't come through the way you prayed? What if what you prayed for doesn't come to pass? And I said, well, Lord, I'm living in that level of expectancy. I'm expecting you to come through. And the Lord said, but what if what you're praying for doesn't happen the way you pray? And I said, well, boy, what? I wasn't expecting that. And then the Lord gave me a word of wisdom. He said, you know, guess what, Ray? If it doesn't come to pass the way you thought, guess what? I will still be God, and I will still walk with you through the fire and through the flood. It will not kindle upon you. Yes. In other words, Ray, whether you have victory or whether you walk through seasons that are questionable, I will still be with you. And then the Lord took me back to Daniel chapter 4. Remember, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were going to be cast into the prison because they would not bow their knee to the image of Nebuchadnezzar. Remember what the three Hebrew children said? They said, we will not bow down, and if the God... Uh, Yahweh does not come and deliver us. We will still not bow down to your image because God is God and we will exalt the Lord. Guess what? They still threw him in the furnace of fire. And it isn't amazing that it wasn't until they were in the furnace that they saw the fourth man. How many of you know it's in the furnace that the fourth man is always revealed? Folks, we need to understand that God is always good. I need to communicate goodness. I need to be thinking good thoughts. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart produces good things. The second thing every family needs to have is goals. Everyone say goals. Every family needs to have a mission statement. You need to write that mission statement. Moms and dads, when Carol and I got married, we begin to talk about our goal. What's the goal of our marriage? Is it money? Is it just a game materialism? Is it just an education? Those things are great. Those things are important. Education, yes, we need a job. But the mission that God has for you is spiritual. There's a spiritual plan and purpose that God has for every family. And I need to define that. And guess what that purpose is? 
Your goal in life is to be a blessing to others because God blesses you. When you begin to recognize that my job, my home, my talents, all that he's given me is to actually be a blessing to others, you're going to find that your home is going to have the anointing and the blessing and the favor of God that rests on your home all the time. The number three thing is this. I want you to write this down. Really important. What every family needs, what every marriage needs. Number three, routine. Everyone say routine. Do you know that children need a routine? Children need to have an established routine. Parents need to teach routine. They need to come to church on a routine. We need to have Bible study and prayer at a routine basis in our life. If you don't establish routine, you do not establish a habit. And if you don't establish a habit, you don't establish character or a pattern or a way of life. And if you don't establish that, you don't get the blessing. See, routines are the building blocks of life. Today, we have parents and a lot of families today, the most important thing is work and play. Play, play, play. Television, play, play. Our children need to have routines. They need established habit patterns that parents set where we pray together, we talk together, we go to church faithfully in the house of the Lord. We're going to talk faithful. We're going to pray. We're going to build faithful routines in our children. In our house, we have a routine of having a good attitude. How many of you think that's a good one? We're going to have a good attitude. We're going to develop an attitude, a habit pattern of saying thank you. Please. Thank you very much. We have a routine of being honorable in our home. We will not allow negative words and bad attitudes in our house. We will not allow routine. I've gone into some, I remember years ago, I was doing a job for a particular family in Roseburg, Oregon. And I remember going into this house and I was to do a bid and a remodel job in a kitchen one time. And while I was in the house, I wasn't there for 15 minutes. There was so much profanity and negative talking in this family. I couldn't even think to put the figures down on my little pad and I finally went into this couple and who I was bidding to do a job for I said folks I I can't even concentrate because you guys are just arguing and you know what they did they laughed at me and said oh this is the way it is all the time I couldn't believe it I can't I can't live in an atmosphere of that kind of negativity and by the way when you live and you become conditioned by that it begins to sap the life out of you. We are in a society right now that is so broken, that has so uh, been demented and has, has been so conditioned by what television and Hollywood says where the parents look stupid. They, the, the, Hollywood has so attacked authority and marriage and home, the purpose of the home, because Satan realizes the power of a healthy family which will strengthen and heal the nation. I tell you, folks, there's one thing in my, my heart, and that's to fight for the family. We're here to fight for the family. We're here to fight for fathers and mothers. and We're here to fight so you can begin to build solid, healthy routines. How many of you believe your kids need to brush your teeth every day? Some of you we need to pray for right now on that one. How many of you believe we need to take a shower every day? Hey, man, how many of you believe their kids? How many of you have your kids come in the house and they just kind of stink to high of heaven and just like, take a shower? I don't want to. Amen. 
Well, we take a shower. We tell them to brush your teeth. You need to do your homework. You need to get in shape. You need to eat right. We, we tell them that. But I've run into parents and say, well, Pastor, I, I tell them that. But I, I don't want to push church or God on them because I'm afraid it'll be too legalistic. I've come to find out what you make important and what you make as a priority is what becomes a way of life for them. And I've seen parents who have backed off. Oh, I don't want to push God because it might, you know, push them away from the Lord. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Guess what? There were times when I told my boys when they were growing up, you will get ready for church or I will give you a swat of my backside on your backside. And it wasn't just all about being angry and telling them we didn't do that. We, we, Carol and I, especially Carol, we made going to the house of the Lord in prayer and spiritual things and helping them understanding their gifts, we made that fun. How many of you know we need to make the things of God fun in their life? You've got you to gotta speak life. Amen. How many of you know that, that, that life and death is in the tongue? I, I've got to speak that. The, the fifth thing that we need to do, or the fourth thing, let's see, I lost track. Praise God. Am I on number four right now? Praise God. Four, number four. Praise God. Okay, here it is. The fourth thing is a lavish giving heart. Every family needs to know how to be servants in the kingdom. Do you know the best way to experience a fulfilling, blessed life is to teach your children to give sacrificially? How many of you know that our society today is all about me, 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 get, get, get for me? What's it in it for me? What's in it for me? But when you teach your children to give and give out of their own surplus or even give sacrificially, you are actually setting an inheritance for your children. You are building the building blocks of blessing that will follow them the rest of their life because God loves a cheerful giver. When you teach your children to give, when you teach them to bless, when you actually teach them not just how to get, but how to give what God has blessed them, do you know what happens? Giving is the thing that triggers the mind and the heart of God that opens the windows in the storehouse of heaven that begins to cause the reign of His blessing to prosper their lives. It's not about getting and what I can accumulate. In fact, the Bible teaches against that. It warns those who just gather and store up treasures on earth. The Bible actually tells us that we're to store up treasure in heaven. Amen? We taught our children when they were young to learn to give, learn to sacrifice, learn to give their toys away. I remember some of my sons, even when they were growing up, my sons were in a band. They even gave their guitars away. They learned to bless, learned to give to others. And God began to come back miraculously, supernaturally, and bring gifts back into their life. And it was all supernatural because they were tapping in to something that was pleasing to God. When a man's ways please the Lord, even his enemies are pleased with him. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And so uh, we, we need to... We need to teach each other to give lavishly. Amen. You got a home? You got a car? I, I believe God's going to move on this congregation and bless us because I believe some of you are going to give cars away. God's going to cause you to give some things away, maybe furniture, maybe a refrigerator. You f- watch what happens. When you begin to sow and you begin to give, you teach your children, guess what's going to happen? God's going to give back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running all, all over. 
That's a promise in his covenant. The last thing is this, is we need as parents, we need to understand the purpose and the power of boundaries. Everyone say boundaries. Every family needs to have boundaries. Say it again, boundaries. What does boundaries mean? Boundaries mean that there are a set of absolutes in my home. In my marriage, how many of you believe that you need to guard what comes through the door of your house? Parents, you have the right to ask your children personal questions. You have the right to let them know. Not because you're just the head of the house, but because your house is a house that is going to serve the Lord. I never told my sons. I never, I never did this. I learned it because my pastor actually told us. I never came to my sons when there was a problem. I said, now I want you to understand I'm your father and you better do what I say because I'm the head of this house. That never worked. But when you begin to come and you're dealing with issues and you begin to say, guys, guess what? This house is a house that honors Jesus. Oh, pastor, aren't you kind of getting a little religious with your kids when you're dealing with them? No, we're not getting religious. We're just reminding everybody that as for me and my house, we're serving God. And in this house, we're going to honor Him, and we're going to honor one another, and we're going to have honorable words and honorable attitudes, and we're going to honor each other, and we're going to honor God. That means the movies we watch, the friends we have. That means the books we read, what comes across on our inner. We set boundaries. We're not, we're not going to entertain certain relationships that we know are going to rob, kill, steal, and draw us away from the house of God because we're having family devotions. We're talking to our kids about the Lord. We are proactive parents that do not have excuses. We are proactive. We are wise as serpents, simple as does. We are men and women who understand the signs of the times. We are leaders. We are equipped. We are well able to go up and possess the land and to impart life, vision, strength, and honor into our kids because we are mighty through God in the power of His Spirit. Everyone say, I am mighty through God. Mighty through God. That is not arrogance. You need to come to understanding that there's a wow factor on you. People are going to say, wow, I want what you have. The world loves the church to be weak and feeble and silent and quiet and boring. That's what the world wants. That's what the devil wants. When the church gets full of passion, it's because the Spirit of God upon a man or upon a woman, when the Spirit of God comes upon a man or a woman, you cannot help but shout. You cannot help but want to let it out. You cannot help because it's the power of the Spirit of God that is exceedingly, abundantly, above all things, able to make you excel and to reach that place of excellence. Amen. How many of you know we're not settling for mediocrity? We're not just going to settle for a half-baked family who's just getting by. No, God has called you to prosper. He wants you to have a wealth a wealthy mind, a wealthy life. He wants your life to be full. I'm not talking about money necessarily in the bank, a big bank account, but he wants your heart and your life and your relationships to be so wealthy and so full and so full of faith and so full of vision, so full of God, that when people get around you, they see an attitude of hope. They see an attitude of faith. 
they also recognize that the part of the reason that the greatness and the blessing of God rests upon you is because you honor holiness in your life. You're holy. Everyone say, I'm holy. Not because of what you've done. Not because of any effort on your part, anything that you've done. You are holy because of His righteousness. But that holiness is something that is so powerful that it's actually liberating. It's amazing to live a holy life. It's fun to live a holy life. It's so awesome when you know that you're in right standing with God and the powers of darkness no longer have a grip on your life. You are free to be what God has created you to be. Guess what? He begins to honor you. He blesses you. He answers your prayer. He begins to move at the command of your lips. It says in him we live and move and have our being. He begins to move. He begins to speak through you. He lives through you. He begins to put visions and dreams upon your life. And you begin to go into situations and God commands the darkness, amen, or commands the light to shine out of the darkness. That's what he does. Families. God is calling this church to rise up to recognize that you are anointed. Oscar, you're anointed. You're anointed to be an evangelist. Randall, you're anointed. You're an artsy guy. God has given you amazing talents. Paula, you're anointed as an administrator. You're a mother in Israel. Wow. There's a wow on this woman right here. Praise God. Virginia, anointed to be a prayer warrior. This is a woman of the Word of God. You're like Anna in the New Testament who waited to see the salvation of God come over Israel. And she saw the salvation. She prayed and just a consistency and a, and a love for the Word and there's just been such an, a mantle and anointing. I know, I just got to tell you. Praise God. And, and, and I, want, I want us to realize that there's a prophetic mantle on you. Amen. God has given to the church keys, the key of knowledge, the key of David. How many of you know what the key of David is? It says in Revelation, the key of David has been given to David to open doors that no man can shut and to lock doors that no man can open. Do you know that the key of David is exercised by faith when you become a worshiper? Because David had a heart after God. He was a worshiper. Guess what, folks? In the midst, when you stand in front of Goliath and you're facing your giant and you come out knowing who you are in the Lord. Remember what David said to Goliath? You come to me with a sword and spear. You come to me with your threats. You come to me with all the, the strength of your own flesh and the strength and the, of the wisdom of this world. But I come to you in the power of the name of the Lord. See, David knew who he was. He knew that he was a, a believer. He was a Jew, a young boy who was in God made a covenant with Israel. He understood God's covenant-making agreement, God's covenant power, and that God would be with him even in battle. And so out of that faith and that word, David went and he slew. And it was because he slew Goliath that God brought him promotion and began to elevate David into a place where God began to help him understand the influence that he had around him. Amen. I, I want you to close your eyes this morning, bow your heads. I know I kind of jetted through this message this morning, but I, I believe God wants us to recognize there's an anointing on you. There is a wow factor that some of you need to come to discover. I know that some of us may even have a hard time, well, Pastor, I, I don't bring any wow to anybody. Oh, yes, you do. 
Remember what we just sang in the song? It's not about us. It's about him. That wow factor, it's not about us. It's about him in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And this morning, I feel the Lord wants to break off, I call it the curse of impurity. God wants to bring off the curse of shame. God wants to break off the curse of some who feel victimized and you've been hurt and abused. We're not, we're not negating or neglecting the fact that you've been hurt by other people. That happens, and it's unfortunate that it happens. But no matter what you've walked through, when he says he's given us beauty for ashes, I've come to find out I've got to learn to let go. I've got to let go of the abuse. I've got to learn to let go of things that have sought to limit and bind me and hold me hostage to the past. There's somebody this morning, you've been held hostage to the past, and you will not forget, you will not let go of what some people have done to you. And you've said this, I won't forget. I will not forget what they've done. It's held you hostage. God has some powerful things for you. God hasn't anointed you. He wants to put that wow factor back into your step. He wants you to realize that you are anointed. The Bible says, For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. If you abide in my word and my words abide in in you, he says, then you are my disciples indeed. Maybe this morning you may say, you know, Pastor Ray, I've allowed things in my life to cripple and limit my faith and my vision, and I've been too small-minded. And I want the Lord to just come in and just kind of bring an explosion of that wow factor and open my heart to begin to receive from His grace again. If that's you this morning, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Amen. Okay, I see that hand. Anyone else? Amen. God's going to just come on the scene. He's going to open your prophetic eyes and open your heart. He's here to let you know that He is for you. He wants you to know that He is amazing through you. He wants you to realize that He wants to blow off and shake off the dust of things that you've allowed to just weigh you down. The Bible says, Therefore, with the race set before us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin, and let us run with patience that race. God wants you to come to understand that you're powerful in Him. You have wisdom in Him. You are a likable guy. There's beauty. You're a likable person. There's something about you that God created in you, and He wants to bring that to the surface. You're not in your sins anymore. He's washed you from your sin. You're cleansed from your sin. Sin no longer has dominion over your life anymore. You've been forgiven, cleansed, washed. And He comes this morning to put His hand upon you, and He says, Welcome home, son. Welcome home, daughter. I love you. You don't have to allow the enemy to have the last word. You don't have to let the enemy say, It's not going to happen. You've had too much defeat. You've had too many problems. You've been forgotten. No, that's not true. God has never, ever left you nor forsaken you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And when we believe that lie, there's not a whole lot God can do to people for people that don't have faith. In fact, the Bible says, for without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. 
Let's all stand to our feet, shall we, this morning? Praise God. I want you to take your neighbor by the hand. Again, we're going to pray. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to have His way in our life. I believe that in this year, we're going to see breakthroughs in our marriages, in our homes, in our finances, and in the way we begin to look at ourselves and the way we look at our surroundings. God wants there to come a fresh sense of expectancy inside of you in, on behalf of what you're dealing with right now. I'll tell you, I've had to walk through some things. Even this week I've had to walk through things. And God had to just get a hold of me yesterday. And Lord's just turned my heart and says, Ray, keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. The battle belongs to the Lord. It's not your battle. Man, I tell you, I, I had to surrender some things to the Lord. Even a Ray Gallagher this week, I had to surrender some stuff to God. And I'm so glad I did. Because you know what? It's so much easier when he takes the burden. So much better. It's just so much better. Because I was wrestling with some things in my own strength. And God says, Ray, you're fighting a battle I did not intend for you to fight. I want you to let go, Ray. Let go. And I said, okay, God, it's in your hands. And I let go. And guess what? Peace, like a river, just filled my heart. And it was so awesome. I mean, I, I actually heard birds singing. I don't usually hear birds, but I actually heard birds singing. The birds sang. I don't, I don't know what happened, but the sun was shining. The birds were singing. It was amazing. But God really wants to break upon your life. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have come to give us the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, you've come to make our life amazing because you are so amazing. We have the same DNA as our Heavenly Father. And God, there's nothing you do in small ways. There's nothing you do that are timid. You're a God who breaks forth on the right and on the left. You're a God who loves to show forth His glory. You're a God who loves to come on the scene and demonstrate Your love and grace. You love to honor even sinners. You love to honor people. You come to you don't come to shame them, but Lord, you come to empower them with a gospel. It's called the good news. Amen. And Father, we just receive this morning the word of the Lord. Father, we receive the power and the baptism, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we just shake off right now all fear, all unbelief. We shake off the, 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 the things of the past that held us hostage to it in Jesus' name.